I I can tell you I looked at how many followers we have on Twitter, and there's one friend of ours that follows us, and then like eight uh sex bots that promise yeah, which, me uh, just being now. followed by porn accounts. Today, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, mean, I am. Like my uh, my local story is kind of fun, which is that uh, of the new pull Jeff, us out of it. The Jeff Landry's. Well, I mean, depressing in a different way, but Jeff Landry's. Um, <laughs> Jeff Landry's. Uh, one of his first gubernatorial acts. One of the first things he wants to uh, uh, spend Louisiana state time doing is uh, potentially just abolishing income tax in Louisiana. So we don't have we don't we basically don't have um, property tax here in the same way that a lot of other states, including Texas, does, right? That's how Texas pays for all of its um, pretty good, was a lot of them, right? Uh, good public school districts is through high property taxes. Uh, comparatively right. to Louisiana, I see Connor okay. rolling his eyes on the uh, on the, <laughs> on the, on the Zoom <laughs> less, meeting. Less rolling my eyes and more pulling at my collar. Yeah, pulling at his uh, collar, yeah. It, it, don't forget, Houston ISD was taken over by the state. Like, oh, our education HISD is not is, that great pretty bad yeah. but uh not where we grew up our school district was pretty good Shrek-a-moop. so all right back to what you were saying um, about louisiana no but uh but yeah that's that's a i mean the, one of the things that they've been saying is that our tax system is is very arcane uh which is true uh there's yeah. undoubtedly uh some truth to that uh but when you when you start as we're going to do away with uh, with with state and corporate income tax. Um, that's that doesn't lead me to believe that anything good is going to happen. And and just by the way, no plan as to how to replace any of that in the state budget at all. Right? Just not interested yeah. in talking about <laughs> about that. We're just like, yeah. I mean, Texas doesn't have. Uh, we do not have a state income tax. We pretty much only have the property tax. We pay a federal income tax here. Um, and I don't know. I see the effects of it. Like <laughs> our roads are really shitty. Um, we have really terrible, you know, internet infrastructure that they're trying to fix up. Um, so to to the governor's credit, they are taking initiative on um, um, bringing like high speed broadband to rural areas. Um, but we also the way Texas has made some money before is they have this rainy day fund where like federal funding just goes straight into that. So like during the Obamacare rollout, uh states were given like what was it, the Medicaid expansion, like yeah, money yeah, for yeah. a Medicaid expansion. And Rick Perry, instead of expanding Medicaid, instead of making the Affordable Care Act a viable option for Texans, he put all that money into the rainy day fund. Well yeah, I mean that's kind of the same thing that's been going on with uh with like TANF block grants since like the nineties, right? But uh yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean Texas Rainy Day Fund is like the what Texas Texas Freeze and Power Grid Collapse Fund. Pretty yeah, pretty much. Which that I kind of pissed some people off. We had a, another freeze in Texas recently, and everyone, at least on my social media feeds, was freaking out. Like, oh, once again, Texas is asking us to conserve power. Keep in mind, like most of my friends are socialists. And it's very funny when they're like, I have to share. I, a socialist, am so upset The state of Texas this. wants me to not charge my Switch tonight. Okay, fine. <laughs> what am I going to do, uh, just not play Zelda? <laughs> but it was it was something that's like, again, going back to that Adam Conover thing, I really hate to be the like, uh, actually. But I told a small group of my friends, like, hey, you know, Texas has been making efforts to winterize the grade. Like, I've got 
multiple electricians in my family, like they, they are very big advocates of like, we need to get on solar, wind, nuclear, and like natural gas. We just have to expand all the power sources we're using in the state of Texas. But they are making efforts to winterize and improve the grid. Because what? You, you think Republicans aren't fucking stupid. Like, we're a one-party state, and they don't want to lose that. So, of course, they're going to do what they can to make sure that people don't die in the freeze. And, like, I don't think anyone died in this past freeze. I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're, they're going to do Texas the absolute is... bare minimum, which is still... Right. I mean, that's better than nothing, right? Bare minimum yeah. is still and better I, than nothing. And I doubt Texas is going to report on, like, migrants or unhoused people who died in the freeze, but... Actually, I mean, related to the freeze, um, if you want a personal anecdote, uh, very funny... So I had the, my, uh, we, we've got a newborn and, uh, my mom wanted us to come visit in Houston. And so the day we worked out was that, uh, was it the Monday or the Tuesday when the freeze was going to happen? And we had Monday, I was like, well, it's not going to, it's not going to freeze to like 9 PM. Right. So we'll just drive over during the day and eat lunch and, and stick around for a little bit and then drive home. Right. It's only like three hours. Um, so by the time we were getting to Tomball. It was like parts of the highway were already frozen in Texas. So my wife is pissed. The baby's in the back. And we're like already just crunching over ice on like 290. So we get out, um, eat lunch, and and I'm just watching the clock the entire time. Um, and and three, three, we literally spend three hours at my mom's and it's time to leave. Right. So we pack back up in the car. There is fucking ice on 290 like all the way in. Every time there's a ridge on the highway, there is ice. Cars are literally slipping around. I lived in the Midwest for a while, so I mean, I kind of, in quotes, know how to drive on ice. Um, Houstonians do not. It's very no. funny to see them panic and go like 25 miles an hour on the highway. Big improvement over the way they normally drive. Um, <laughs> and for a while, there was just nobody on the highway. So we kind of shuffle our way out of Houston. By the time we get to downtown, it's not as frozen. Drive back. And then, dude, the I-10 bridge at Lake Charles... We, we're not even, like, we're at the border, and my wife is checking her phone. The I-10 bridge is a parking lot. The 210 bridge at Lake Charles is closed down with, with people stuck on it, like, all the way through that bridge. And that's, like, a, a mile-long bridge or two-mile-long bridge. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, we got home. It took another two hours. I mean, it, it uh, normally a three-hour drive took five hours. Uh, but it was, uh, it was extremely fucked up. A dude, a dude died on the bridge. Um, they oh. think that he, they think that he got out of his car. I mean, that's talk about local story. That's actually a conspiracy story. Um, people think that he got out of his car for some reason and either he slipped, uh, or, or was hit by an oncoming car and was launched off of the bridge. Some, some people that were in their cars that viewed it said he just got out of his car and just said, ah, fuck this and just jumped off the bridge. And killed himself. Um, real brutal shit. Uh, probably got hit. <laughs> most most likely just got hit. And that's a tall bridge. That fucking it's tall scary. as fuck. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, this gentleman unfortunately he hit concrete, so he was DOA at the bottom of the bridge. But uh, but that was very weird. Just stuck in traffic in Moss Bluff trying to go around the bridge, and and Rachel's reading off like early news reports that somebody just committed suicide while waiting on the bridge. So just any um, any amount of ice, um, any amount of inconvenience, and Americans are, are really prepared to just off themselves. He had been driving all the way from Arizona, and he got a text that uh, Daryl's was closed. He's like, no! <laughs> I'm <laughs> he out. He just jumped off the bridge. 
Daryl to the Great Po Boy Place. Definitely check it out. Don't make it too famous, though. I, it's I a shithole. Don't go there. No, Is it really a shit? What's the best Po Boy Place? Oh, it's yeah. it's it's by far the best in Lake Charles. Just I always I always want to tell people Lake Charles sucks. Don't come here. Do not stop here. <laughs> we don't want you. Keep do you on read going. It, Tony? Do you read it, Tony's Pizza? Oh, that place sucks ass, dude. It does suck. It does suck. It's a it's when I would spend my summers in Lake Charles, that was where I always wanted to go. And then as an adult, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get Tony's. This should be fun. I was like, oh, this is the most disgusting. Tony's Pizza. Ass. You can suck my fucking balls. <laughs> uh, Pronia's is pretty good. They got some dank ass sandwiches over there. Next time you're in town, we should go to Pronia's. Pronia's, okay. Yeah. So, um, we had some other stuff we wanted to talk about, uh, but we've been touching um, on this damn border crisis thing for the first two episodes, and all of a sudden it have, blows up, and everybody's saying that there's going to be a fucking civil war. I wanted to read that Slavaj piece, but uh, should I read it before or after we dive into this? Because I wanted to read it because it is, I believe, like very um, uh, related to the the propaganda of it all. The, the Are you gonna read the thing whole fucking like thing. Talk. It's not that long. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm pretty stupid, so I had to read it twice. I I, uh, I assume what he's trying to say is that um, the real event just doesn't penetrate propaganda at all. And I would I would yeah. even go further than him because I think he kind of. I don't know if he makes the case that it doesn't penetrate the, the the party that's making the propaganda. I don't know that it penetrates either side, right? I've seen multiple times where both liberals and conservatives are totally uninterested in uh, interrogating the reality of the event that they're talking about and just pick up whatever wherever the other side left off, right? They just take, yeah. they just accept wholesale whatever the other side presents as the narrative and don't even look into it at all, right? It's like when somebody, um, it's like when somebody re- replies to a tweet, um, you know, that's based on a headline or something and the person posting didn't read the fucking article and the post, the person replying absolutely didn't read the article either, right? They're both talking about yeah. something that they just invented in their heads. There, isn't there, man, I'm forgetting if this is a real thing or if it was just mentioned in South Park, but there is like a trolling effect of, some person makes a comment, and then another person reacts to the comment in such a way that it triggers a lot of other people to react to that person's reaction, and it just creates this huge ripple effect of, like, one guy made a dumb joke, and suddenly the internet's, like, fucking furious about something else. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. Okay, so I'm looking at this, yep. and the, the piece is called Time to Tell the Truth About Gaza. Slavaj lays out that truth, you know, there are multiple versions of truth. There's uh, the truth that is contextualized within, like, the time that you say it. There's the the uh, the scientific truth that can be replicated multiple times. And let's see here. Psychoanalyze. Is there a third way between the common view and the postmodern historicist relativism? Po- psychoanalysis provides it. While fully accepting the importance of factual truth, or in this case, not a physical fact, but the interpretation that explains the patient's sy- symptoms, the psychoanalyst has to tell this to the patient at the right moment when... This is all fucking too much. I'm just going to skip to the Gaza stuff. Well, there's... So, like, I, I, the way I interpret what he says is there's there's some kind of, you know, quote-unquote, universalist truth, right? Some kind of... There's some kind of, quote-unquote, objective truth. Then there's right. a kind of a cultural truth that we can all agree on, regardless of whether or not that's actually representative of 
the truth truth right right um that first truth is the like scientific truth that can be replicated through like a a methodology yeah something that attempts to be objective right in some kind yeah. of materialistic way scientific um, method yada 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 Grounded in the material world. Uh, and then there's some cultural truth, right? Like, uh, you know, yeah. um, Al-Qaeda did 9-11. If you ask anyone in the United States, they're going to tell you Osama bin Laden did 9-11. <laughs> and it yeah. definitely wasn't George W. Bush and uh, Osama bin Laden jumping out of those planes <laughs> with parachutes. Oh, yeah, all four of them at the same time. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Soon after October 7th, 2023, we were bombarded by photos of Jewish bodies burnt in a Hamas attack. A month or so later, Mark Regev, who's a fucking clown, senior advisor to Netanyahu, admitted the bodies we saw were the bodies of Hamas attackers burned by IDF. Quote, we've made a mistake. They are actually bodies which were so badly burned. In the end, apparently, they were Hamas terrorists. End quote. There was another similar case. Israel had to admit there are no photos of beheaded children. Yeah, you remember that shit? While one has to praise Israel in admitting its mistakes, I'm not going to do that, a suspicion <laughs> remains. When these two facts (laughs) (laughs) were were first proclaimed, they circulated all around the world. All big media mentioned them, but when the mistake was admitted, it drew much less attention so that the rumors about burned bodies and beheaded children continued to circulate. In short, Israel told a lie at the moment when this had a big worldwide effect, and it then told the truth when it was clear that it will be received as a minor correction with no great effect. That line itself is why I don't have to praise Israel for admitting its mistake. Because they know, like, oh, this this isn't going to get the traction uh, that our lie got. So, no, I'm not going to praise them. Next paragraph. Something quite similar happened to me after the scandal I've caused with my speech at the Frankfurt Book Fair on October 7th, 2023, where I drew attention to the long history of Palestinian suffering. I watched some of that speech. It's pretty good. Many Germans who publicly attacked me for my stance approached me later in private telling me that they agree with me, but that now is not the moment to say this publicly. My interpretation of their act is, yes, now it's not the moment to say it publicly because doing this may have some real effect. We will be allowed to say it when it will mean nothing. Freedom to say something problematic is given to us when it doesn't matter. When the effect of saying something is null and makes no difference, we are free to say it. The same holds for people whom I otherwise appreciate very much, for the two ex-chiefs of the Israeli Secret Services. Ami Ayalon, a former leader of Shimbet, said on January 14th, 2023, we Israelis will have security only when they, Palestinians, will have hope. This is the equation. Israel will not have security until Palestinians have their own state, and Israeli authorities should release Marwan Bargati, jailed leader of the Second Intifada, to direct negotiations to create one. Quote, look into the Palestinian polls. He is the only leader who can lead Palestinians to a state alongside Israel. First of all, because he believes in the concept of two states. And secondly, because he won his legitimacy by sitting in our jails, end quote. Bargotti is effectively perceived by millions as the Palestinian Mandela. He has been in prison for over 20 years. The only problem with such retired truth-sayers is that they say this after they retired. They are free to say it because their words just cause a small bubble without serious impact. I was told by an Israeli friend about someone who told a bitter truth after his retirement, but was called back to serve and was again doing exactly that which he criticized in his retirement. Very interesting. And that, a parallel to that, after Kevin McCarthy retired and, uh, 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 you know, gave up his seat in California, he went on a uh, panel and said, the Republican Party does not reflect America. 
it looks like a country club. It's like, oh, how bold of you to say this now. Like, it, it, yeah. I, I think that, um, that final line of that paragraph of, like, being recruited back into the military and having to, like, do the stuff they were criticizing in retirement is, um, really haunting. Um, you know, you have a responsibility almost which you can choose to walk away from, but you actively participate in it, of pushing that propaganda narrative, of not being, of pushing the cultural truth instead of something that is closer to the objective truth. In terms of qualitative experience, there is no capital T truth, but you can get pretty darn close to it. Oh, you can get closer than um, embracing the narrative of the side that you purportedly disagree with. And I think, just before we even get into what's going on or, or how we feel about it, I think it's it's pretty important to say that the side of the media, the cultural side of the media, in you know broadly the Democrats or broadly the left, or you know maybe include some libertarians on the right in there if they're if they're you know open borders or, or feel as though they're more lenient on uh, on immigration. That side has pretty well wholeheartedly accepted the narrative of the right, that Customs and Border Patrol's policy of catch and release that dates back what, decades um, is essentially what effective liberal policy looks like without top to bottom immigration reform, that yeah. this is essentially the best that you can do with a very flawed system that, to be frank, I don't even know if either party really wants to fix or wants to put the energy into fixing. And that catch and release is consistent with international law about asylum, for instance, that we are, in theory, bound to be committed to. And with the kind of practicalities and some levels of human dignity that I think that we should, uh, not feeling the need to keep people in cages, imprisoned until they can, uh, you know, see a judge. Can you expand a little bit on what you meant by uh, technocratic practicality? Yeah, the technocratic practicalities being that of like, the cost of, um, you know, opening up um, all these facilities to house migrants, uh, hire people to to feed them and clothe. I mean, essentially, during the Trump administration and during parts of the Obama administration, um, how if when you don't do catch and release, what you end up doing is imprisoning everybody that's waiting on a court date, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's at least my understanding, right? So the technocratic yeah. practicality there is just not not fundamentally being alienated from the system that feels a need to do that. It treats these people as criminals, despite the fact that legally, you know, these are civil infractions, one. And two, it, it kind of goes against the grain of a, of at least a, a liberal narrative about a fundamental equality and, you know, whatever, whatever liberals tend to think about the United States as being with regard to immigration, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Still an, an open kind of society that, uh, that allows people to come and pursue their, their fortunes in the market or whatever. When you don't challenge the narrative that you know, um, when you don't when you don't challenge the fundamental narrative that um, this kind of flow of immigrants, right? When they show a video of uh, uh, of a line of people standing at an Eagle Pass, for instance, right, or like sitting in a big giant parking lot being processed, when you don't when you don't challenge the narrative that that is in effect very bad and dangerous and frightening, which I yeah. which I don't think we're doing structurally as you know, on the, the liberal side or on, on the quote-unquote left side at any position of power, right? CNN or MSNBC aren't doing that. The president's not doing that. They're just not addressing it. 
you're fundamentally accepting that that is a frightening thing that needs to be addressed, right? And every time the Republicans show you an image that looks like that, every time that comes up on the news, people are going to say, holy shit, look at all those fucking guys, right? Look at all those dudes sitting there in that parking lot. Those guys are about to be walking around with you and me. Very, very good point. Um, Propaganda narratives are really at their strongest when they are not challenged or there are no challenging narratives. Like we've said before last week when we were talking about the case of La Gorda Loca is that when there's only one official government narrative, that's dangerous. That is propaganda. Um, And it's easier to paint this as propaganda because one of these days we got to do an episode where we just kind of lay out like what is propaganda? What are our propaganda theories? But propaganda is a long-standing campaign, a media campaign. And since I can remember paying attention to politics, uh, immigrants and uh, people crossing the border has been a huge problem. Or at least it's been discussed as if it were a huge problem. A culturally problem. frightening. Yes. They're coming to take our jobs. Um, now at first it was, they're coming to take our jobs and now it's, they're smuggling fentanyl and killing our kids. And like, it's, it's, it's all the, the, the motive is always different, but the, uh, uh, um, the action is the same of just like people that are not Americans are coming in here. And we joked earlier this week that this all started because they saw the Chihuahua from Taco Bell speaking <laughs> Spanish on the TV and it's like, ah, well, I mean, we're, and we'll talk is, about that later, but I don't think it's all that much more complicated than that. At some level, it's all tied to the great replacement theory. It's all it's tied, tied to some, some baseline alienation. Yeah. And you know, it's always interesting, like fentanyl being like the new thing, like fentanyl seems to be this like catch all of our big enemies, which are the specter of immigrants and then China. And we just like throw fentanyl, uh, the the blame game for fentanyl at those two. Yeah, I just I'm just so frustrated that it never seems to come up time and time again. That like that that catch and release effectively. I wish there was a better term than that because catch and release sounds very dehumanizing. Um, that's, but, but that's I think what that's, it is. That's literally that's how the it's term. referred. Yeah, it's literally the yeah. term. The term of art. Catch and release is that's literally the term of the government that we're talking about, right? Catch and release is what controlled. Um, you know, illegal immigration looks like controlled, undocumented immigration looks like, which is you catch these people at the border, you take down their name. Hopefully you get some kind of some kind of identification. You present them with some court papers. And, you know, the I, I think the idea is you also give them like a cell phone so you can call them in three months and have them show up to court. And, you know, you you can blah, 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 say that, you know, studies tell us that uh, they actually do show up for court. And this is actually fairly effective. These people are trustworthy, blah, blah. But. Period. End of story. That's better than somebody walking across the desert and then you never seeing the government has has never never has any contact with them until they first like talk to a cop or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just never acknowledged. Nobody on the liberal side is fighting for a narrative that was, um, I think, talked about and attempted to be shifted to during like the Obama administration. Right. They tried to do the work of presenting that argument. It fell flat, and they never pushed it super hard. And now, despite the fact that Biden is continuing that policy, there's not really a, a, a loud, there's not really a loud and strong defense of that policy um, as propaganda, right? Which makes all of this worse. Let's let's go ahead and get into like the big meat of this. Like every week, we've, you know, this is episode three, and it's one little like. 
Texas is so silly moment has now evolved into a nationwide story. It's so funny. It started out as just a snippet in episode one. And it was a snippet in episode one. It became a bit of a tragedy in episode two after we talked about the woman and her two children who died. And now it has become a farce in episode three. The standoff at Eagle Pass, as it is being referred to on Wikipedia, at least. Um, so I don't know where to start here, but basically the standoff at Eagle Pass, what it is right now is the Supreme Court had ruled that um, the Texas National Guard needs to remove the concertina wire and that uh, they construct. It's all around. about fucking wire. Yeah, it's just razor wire that they've laid out around the border between Texas and Mexico. The Supreme Court ruled that they have to take it down in a 5-4 decision. I was under the impression it was like kind of I think the feds told them to take it down and then the Texas government said, fuck you, we don't have to do that. And the Supreme Court said, actually, you do. Yes. Um, And a a 5-4 decision. So it was kind of close there. But so the Supreme Court issues its ruling and Greg Abbott says, nah. (laughs) So Yeah. He says, go they, fuck yourself to the Supreme Court, which I wish we would do more times, but I guess Greg Abbott's the only buddy, the only person who can, who has the nuts to do it so, about this bullshit, the, which, I mean, yeah. pe- people would point it out, right? There was nothing in the ruling saying that they couldn't just put the wire up again, right, and do this dance where they took it down at night and put it back up during the morning, right? Like, uh, like fucking, you know, shoe gnomes, uh, like cobbler gnomes or some shit, right? Yes. Now, this is all... Kind of, it, it's got its roots in a thing called Operation Lone Star, which is a joint operation between the Texas National Guard and the Texas Department of Public Safety. It's been going on for a few years, but um, this was Abbott's move to uh, utilize the national, the Texas National Guard and um, various government agencies to act as law, uh, 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 border law enforcement, which is the responsibility of the federal government, but Texas is like, you know doing its own fucking thing and it was never a problem under trump but it's a problem under biden i actually want to get the dates right on this so hang on operation i've got it pulled up um when did it start started march 6 2021 so literally did not start until until trump left office okay so as soon as joe biden became president texas like oh my god this is gonna be awful we've gotta do something because joe biden's just gonna fuck us at the border um since then, you know, there have been several dead, uh, including 10 National Guard members that uh, I believe have mostly drowned um, or died from, like, hypothermia, I think, at one point. Because um, the Rio Grande is kind of a strong river. You can get swept up. And, like, people are... This is, this is Greg... This is the operation that leads to Greg Abbott taking migrants putting them on buses and sending them to liberal city. Yeah, if you've heard of that, this this predates that and kind of establishes. This is this is when they get all the migrants to bus to other cities. Yeah. Um, which is which I have to say as like as a humanitarian action, it is deplorable and it's disgusting. As a political ploy, it's fucking genius because he sends them to these liberal cities to talk a big game. And are like, well, we don't want them here. Yeah, and so it's like he he's calling them out on. If you're bullshit. doing the, if you're doing the the conservative side of showcasing hypocrisy of liberals, which you know I have to say, I hate using people as pawns in this, but I do love a good 
I do love it when somebody sticks it to a smug lib. Yeah. I will almost want to push back a little bit. Is buying them a bus ticket to go to like a big liberal city in the north, is that praxis? Are they accidentally doing something that the federal government should be doing anyway? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> no, all jokes aside. <laughs> so like I said, like as a humanitarian action, it's absolutely deplorable. Like they, they're just put on a bus. They're not told where they're going. They're not told anything, so it's just like very frightening to the people who. Are yeah, they're they're people. literally kidnapped yeah. and 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 gulag to like Martha's Vineyard, right? Yeah, yeah, they send them to like Martha's Vineyard and shit. Where like the moment the bus comes into town, the uh the the homeowners there run out to their front yard and remove the. In this house, we believe people are legal. Science is real. They like pull that sign out and like, quick, we don't want them in our yard. Like, that's exactly what Greg Abbott is calling him out on. Now, Operation Lone Star has been going on and on, and and the standoff at Eagle Pass is a facet of this operation. And uh, we we fast forward to this week, where the Texas government defies the SCOTUS ruling, and you and I are like, ha ha ha, look, Governor Landry of Louisiana has pledged to stand with Texas. Oh my god, the beat-off governors all being like, we stand with you. Again, right, people doing, conservatives doing lib shit. We stand with you in your hour of need. We, you know, it's it's like they're doing, uh, they're doing a fucking solidarity strike with Abbott, right? It's like, give me a fucking break, dude. When Landry pledged support, we were like, ha ha, this is so stupid. Cut to yesterday, Friday, January 26th. Every single Republican governor, with the exception of the governor of Vermont, uh, what is his name? Phil Scott. What are we up to? Um, 26 states? Right? Uh, I think it's, there are 26 uh, Republican governors, yeah. But Phil Scott uh, of, of 25 Vermont states, and, so solidly half of the union by state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of which, and, by the way, do not share a border with Mexico. They have essentially no, nothing I'll, to do with this, except they're also in the United States. Rest assured, listeners, Alaska has pledged to send National Guard troops to Texas. Uh, they will go through Canada, likely illegally, <laughs> to get <laughs> to get to their border to America. Alaska National uh, Guard's members like seizing the Canadian border to make like a path to to go all the way to to Texas would be fucking awesome. Yeah, um, basically half half the governors of the nation have pledged. To, uh, 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 what, what, you got something you want to say? I was going to say, do we have a timeline on this? Like, I, I, I can't remember which day, um, all this shit happened. Okay, so because the pledges this, I think are basically the past two days. I want to say Landry announced. I think on like Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday. I sent you a message. Then, <laughs> yeah, you sent me a message, and then Oklahoma did that same day. And when I woke up on. I think Thursday there were like ten states. When I woke up on Friday, I was like, every single Republican had signed on. Yeah, not people all. Were, people were drawing those cool Civil War maps for what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> how the United States is going to break down. Not every state has uh, pledged to send National Guard troops, but every single Republican state, with the exception of Vermont, has said we stand with Abbott. We support you. Well, so their governor has pledged. Like, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. What the fuck's going to happen? 
So my understanding is... Oh, go ahead. Let's do the facts. My understanding is nothing has changed at Eagle Pass, right? The... The, the 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 Texas National Guard has kind of refused to stand down. CBP is still there doing some of their duties, but not quote unquote in control of Eagle Pass, and nothing has really changed. Right? Basically, no one from the federal government has said, uh, uh, no one from the federal government, no one from CBP, no n- nobody, um, nobody in the Biden administration nor Biden has brought the hammer down on Eagle Pass yet. Right? Because the reality of this is. It's just like um, it's just like Little Rock, right? If you get the, the state National Guard troops are under the umbrella of the U.S. military, so if yeah. you want, right, the federal government just says you work for us now, and you need to go back to base. You need to stop whatever you're doing and listen to whatever orders we have, right? And then the idea is that those national, those those state national, those state National Guard troops would refuse um, a federal order, basically committing treason. Right and and def- and stand and defend their states instead. Now on that, Greg Abbott was on uh, Tucker Carlson's show Uncensored, and he, when asked about this, he said it would be a very foolish move for Biden to federalize our troops, but we have a plan in case he does that. He did not plan expand to what, on that. Shit his pants. What the fuck? We he he did not expand on that. I have no idea what his plan is. I don't think he does. I'm very curious to see what his point. It is awesome to be a a, a, a podcast that just reports on the Tucker Carlson show. <laughs> I mean, whatever. There, there, there'd be an audience. That's where for the it. fun shit's going on, man. That yeah. stuff's fucking well, cause, boring. Because he interviews like the both dumbest fucking people. If it's not Clay Higgins, it's Greg Abbott. If it's not Greg Abbott, it's Larry Sinclair. Hell yes. If it's not Larry Sinclair, it's Kevin Spacey Ooh. as. His, uh, what is this guy's name? Frank Castle or something from House of Cards? Frank Underwood, no. dude. It's a Frank classic. Underwood. Frank Castle's the Punisher, yeah. <laughs> Frank Underwood. <laughs> Eventually, nerd. he'll he'll interview John Bernthal as Frank Castle the Punisher. And it's like, be awesome. that would be so funny. They're going to get a Ouija board and interview the ghost of John Birch. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they obviously, Tucker's still churning out uh, some of the goofiest and and, and silliest propaganda, despite the fact that those are some of the more influential people on the kind of, um, you know, yeah. n- I wouldn't say non-aligned right, maybe the Trump right, maybe the the non-party right. Anyway, so 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 the reality is that um, that that all of this is stuck in a kind of stasis. Uh, Biden, for now, is doing probably the smartest thing that he could do, I would argue, which is just ignore this. Right. It, I don't think it even fundamentally changes immigration policy. Um, so Washington Post reported late last night, Biden vows to shut down an overwhelmed border if Senate immigration deal passes. A remarkable shift in tone. The remarks underscored the urgency of the issues for his reelection campaign as immigration remains one of the most vexing political and policy, one of his most vexing political and policy challenges. It was not immediately clear what threshold would need to be met before the border was deemed overwhelmed or what such a shutdown would entail. The president's likely opponent, former President Donald Trump, has vowed to round up illegal immigrants in detention camps and take other extreme measures. So this could be a way for Republicans to kind of force the federal government's hand of like, hey, fucking figure out an immigration policy that works for this country. Well, so I don't. It, so- it sounds like Biden's using that as a carrot, right? He's saying, I will shut down the border crossing at Eagle Pass if you pass federal legislation on immigration reform now, right? Um, which is, I mean, 
that's pretty funny because it does the thing that um, I've said before, maybe not on this podcast, right? Which is that this, the, the issue with this is that we have a policy that is official and then we have a de facto policy, which are wildly at odds, right? So, yeah. so nobody within the Biden administration is going to acknowledge that de facto Eagle Pass for Texas is the designated crossing zone for immigrants to the point where I didn't know that was the case until this whole bullshit started. I was like, who gives a fuck about this little town, right, on the Texas border? Why all this focus on this tiny little piece of the border? And the reality is, it is the de facto crossing zone for most of Texas, right, for for CBP. This is the point that you cross to do effective uh, of catch and release um, crossing. Uh, but, the, but nobody in the Biden administration is going to acknowledge that that's the case. Right, so now we get to use that as a, as a token. Now that we didn't acknowledge that, we get to use that as a token to say, "I will shut this down if you do something for me." Right, something I think the Republicans are not going to do because they're going to want to fight about immigration for the rest of the year until the election. Um, but it was worth a shot. Right, it, it kind of parrots something that I think um, I heard Derek Davison say on like a, a Chapo recently when they were talking about um, yeah, comparing Anthony Blinken and CIA Director William Burns, where where. Uh, Blinken is basically just a PR guy. That's all he does anymore. He doesn't he doesn't function as a Secretary of State um, in the capacity of negotiating deals, for instance, uh, uh, with Israel and Hamas. Right? We do that all through a back channel with uh, William Burns. The, the 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 professed responsibilities of that office are totally gone. And in the same way, I think the professed responsibilities of a CBP or or the the government in announcing what actually is immigration policy. Uh, there is a de facto immigration policy, which is catch and re- quiet catch and release at places like Eagle Pass. Um, and then there's an official one, which can't be admitted because I guess it gives fodder to the Republicans, right, I suppose. Do you think if Biden passed immigration reform that made Republicans happy, do you think he'd lose any vote? Because I, I can't help but think it like there are people who are still standing with there are libs who are still standing with him uh, over the Palestinian Gaza uh, and the shit that's going on in Gaza. And we've been seeing people like drown out saying like, and no more genocide, no more genocide. And they're drowning that out with cheers of four more years, four more years. So it seems like the, there is a loyal lib base that will vote for Biden no matter what. Is it just like PR at this point? Is it propaganda at this point of like, we're going to pass, like really stringent immigration policy that the Republicans want to get this shit to stop, but we're going to paint it with like a lib veneer to get people, you know, to, to, to stay loyal to the base. Yeah, maybe. I mean, what the, the thing that's, the, th- the thing that's been really impressed upon me and even reading about this in the past couple of weeks is that nobody in the news is talking about the actual kind of realities on the ground, right? Despite the fact that, and we'll talk about civil war, civil war, uh, uh, theoretical civil war scenarios, uh, everybody's having fun with that. But the reality is, it's the same guys, right? It's the, the Texas National Guard. In either case, is either the one that's going to be doing the rebelling or the one that's going to be federalized and then taking the barbed wire down or whatever, right? It's it's not. And 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 the Texas National Guard, by the way, they've been out there for weeks at this point. They know all the CBP guys. The idea that these guys are going to get in a gunfight, despite the fact that they probably share a fucking break room to have coffee in every morning, right, is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But that's not the that's not the fun narrative. That's not the propaganda narrative. The propaganda narrative that the libs want is Republicans want civil war. 
And to be honest with you, right, how could you fucking help yourself? That's the juiciest thing you could possibly be talking about. It's why we're talking about it, right? Absolutely. When Operation Lone Star started, when it kicked off, the Texas Tribune did some really great reporting on um, Texas National Guardsmen voicing how they really felt about everything. And they were miserable. They didn't want to do it. And so it's literally not their job. Yeah. You and I have talked before about like, I'm sure there are tons of people who are just like wishing Biden would federalize them so they could go home. Now we can get to the fun part, which is people are freaking the fuck out and they think that a national divorce is coming, a civil war is coming, that a big line of states down the middle of the country are about to secede. And that America's going to balkanize, and it ain't going to happen peacefully. Alec, Civil War is on the press. Throw up the Ron Paul gifts. It's motherfucking happening, dude. Throw your hands up. We're all all waving our hands. It's happening. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't think it's happening. As much as I, as much as like things we talked about literally in the last couple episodes, right? As much as like Gen 6th. I would laugh wholeheartedly if this turned into an actual constitutional crisis. Um, I don't believe it is going to, right? By the way, this would be, I mean, if it did, this would be much more serious than January 6th, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah. the, 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 like, ringing, ringing the beginning death knells of the American, uh, of the American uh, Republic as a project, right, as a political yeah. project. Um, and I should, I should say, before we kick it off, like, a balkanization would be, very, very upsetting. But if a new kind of confederacy, hopefully one without slavery, but if a new southern confederacy formed, Alec, we'd still be, you know, able to visit each other free. The podcast will continue. We will still be caught. We're still on the same side of any border that happens in that event. Yeah. Right? If the power stays on, we will be posting on Twitter. You can listen to this podcast if you like. Please Absolutely. listen to the podcast. <laughs> but if uh, if we balkanize, then we're fucked. Like, yeah, I'll never I mean, be able to visit you. Well, like, okay. So... So, um, so, so what's serious about this? And I do think there is a kind of serious element, but again, yeah. it's not the element that everybody wants to talk about, which no. is to say that on some level, the American project is kind of already dying, right? If not, if not already dead, it's not already dead, but this is not a good sign, right? When, when, when you, if you have large constituencies that are politically vocal, but they're, pretty sizable population-wise minorities, right? Like, the amount of people that want to do civil war is not an outright uh, plurality of Americans, I don't think. Most people that I interact with are on some level normies, right? They don't pay attention to this. They're not even listening to the news, right? As much as Fox News has infected the brains of, like, uh, you know, I I don't know how many tens of millions of Americans. That's not most people, right? On the other side, you have... Some contingent, which I, I have even a, a less tenuous grasp over their numbers, right, of, of Biden heads or liberals that feel as though that oppose these guys with almost equal strength, right, that want this to happen so that the hammer of, you know, um, Mao Zedong Biden or, or Biden is Stalin or whatever can come down and, like, crush the kulak, uh, crush the, the Texan kulak or whatever, right, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and put them to the sword. That the, 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 the let's go... Um, what is he? The the Let's super Brandon. Brandon? What the fuck is he called? Dark Brandon. Dark Brandon. Oh god, that shit. I like the, and the dark Brandon. Into it, they lean into that on their uh, true social account, which is so fucking stupid. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, that that is pretty funny, by the way, that they're actively riling up all the people on True Social all the time. But yeah, I, there's not there's a, a non-zero, and I'd say a pretty sizable amount of liberals, the, the kind of same people that have maybe Ukraine flags on their Twitter avatars, right? Um, same people that are extremely political and and kind of aggressive, let's say NPR listeners. There's some contingent of those people that actively do want a civil war in some sense from the other side. They at least want some conflict to occur so that the federal government, so that the thing that they believe is good, right, the system at large, can assert itself over these kind of rogue actors. And I, I really do think when you get to a certain point, we can talk about whether or not we've gotten there yet, but I would assert that we're getting close. We've got to be getting close. Um, that's that's a very, very bad sign, right? When people are openly calling for civil war on, on, on stuff like Newsmax, right, and probably alluding to it at least very heavily on on the, you know, the most watched news network in the United States on Fox News, um, on some level, you, you've got a, a huge contingent of people and the media that does not believe that democracy is functioning anymore, right? Yeah. And I should point out that like um, after, after the first Republican debate or in the middle of the first Republican debate of this election cycle, when Donald Trump went on to Tucker Carlson's uh, uh, show, and had an interview to compete with the, the debate. Tucker Carlson was asking quite a bit about civil war. And and he was asking, like, are we on the verge of civil war? Are people, do you worry about getting assassinated, Donald Trump? And, like, so even mainstream. The funny thing is that Trump will, Trump will not acknowledge that or, like, pay him any mind, right? Trump, I think, just totally ignored that question. He's just like, no, no, Tucker, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Trump wants the civil war. I think but he's, he's not one of those people. No. Yeah, but I mean, it would give him a headache. That that is one of those things, right? Those the, the fuck around and fuck around and find out crowd, right? Especially, yeah. I used to be a I used to be a gun guy back in my early twenties, right? A single issue gun voter, basically. I, I all I wanted to do was have guns, uh, repeal the Hughes Amendment. I want a machine gun. Everything else is corrupt. I don't care about it, right? Um, on some level, I might be getting back to that, uh, but <laughs> uh, but but I, I will tell you that that crowd, right? Fuck around and find out is a desire, right? Those people want for somebody to challenge them so that they can assert themselves uh, with a firearm, right? In the same way that everybody that talks about civil war, right? I'm I'm a I'm they'll never say I'm afraid, but they're like I'm pretty sure I'm sure the civil war is going to break out. Those people are wishing for that to happen. They're manifesting, right? They. <laughs> They have a mood board in their man cave <laughs> of them as king. They're uh, writing whatever. civil war in big bubble letters, right? And like passing it as a note to their, their friends. Civil war? Yes, no, maybe. On on the left, you know, people would tweet general strike. And on the right, I think civil war. So Both are good ideas. <laughs> we hear propaganda support both. <laughs> no. <laughs> I absolutely don't want a civil war. I mean, to be serious, like, no, I don't want a fucking civil war to happen. No, I don't want Texas to secede. I don't want anything to balkanize because inevitably that leads to genocide. That leads to, like, famine and war could destroy, like, any kind of agricultural landscape. Like, of course I don't fucking want this to happen. I think if you want to talk just briefly, if you want to talk about like the morality of laughing about it, I think there's there there are two stances basically, right? Um, 
you, you can be like an immoral actor and be like, I want to, you know, I want to kill X. I want the civil war to do away with my political enemies. But there are actually like two different kind of lefty moral positions on this. One, you can laugh at it because you don't think it's going to happen. And two, yeah. you can laugh at it because you think it's inevitable, right? And I'm not even sure which camp I fall into now, right? I do think on some level that some degeneration of the American state that causes, I don't know about a civil war, but some kind of sectarian conflict, right? If the United States is to kind of dwindle in power, will eventually some piece of it assert itself over the federal government? Yeah, sure. Is that going to take 100, 200 years? Maybe. Is it going to take, uh, you know, two? Probably not. Is that going to happen this year? Probably not. Um, but if it's a, if it's inevitable, I mean, I don't see the real harm in laughing about it. I think it's really funny that, like, you know, the right kind of threatens a civil war anytime they don't get their way. And, like, the left mostly does not do it, with the exception of, like, California. I remember Gavin Newsom was like, we're considering seceding from the union after Trump got elected. Please. Like, Shut up! So awesome. So awesome, <laughs> yeah. dude. You're so not like, gonna fucking leave. So let's talk about that, right? It's hap- yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening, right? The, put your happening. put your hands back down. The the, the sad, uh, uh, what is it? Sad, sad Ron Paul. Um, yeah, with a dejected Ron happen. Paul poster, dejected Ron Paul gifts. It's not happening. Um, largely because uh, I mean, on the political side, this is basically a, a popularity stunt, right? Like Abbott, General Abbott uh, of General, the Marshal of the New uh, Texas Republic, right? General Abbott is not even in the United States when he was making these declarative Yeah, things, he was right? in he fucking was, India. He, he was, was taking, in fucking... I think he was like in Hyderabad or something. He's taking a uh, he's taking a, a Hindustani uh, a cultural attaché trip. He right? he fucking he fucking doing eat, pray, love while the rest <laughs> of the fucking country is like, oh, the civil war is gonna happen. He's going to a ah! yogi and having like a yogurt enema or some shit, right? He's... <laughs> He's sampling the various curries of, uh, of, of, uh. <laughs> yeah, he, he signed up for some wheelchair yoga class. In like, it's, it's not, it, your, your generals are, are disempowered, right? They're, they're not, um, I mean, you know, I, I'll change my opinion whenever, um, a disclosure. I was wrong about the Ukraine invasion of, <laughs> Putin's uh, <laughs> invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. Yeah, uh, but we both but, ate right, crow on that one. I'll um I'll, I'll I'll eat shit when when the first non-Texan National Guards member actually crosses into the Texas border to head to Eagle Pass. I will eat my words. Whenever the feds uh, kick it off and people actually start shooting at each other in Eagle Pass, I will eat my words. That's not going to fucking happen though. And by the no. way, whenever a, a non-zero amount of patriots actually make their way down to Eagle Pass to what support the National Guard. Right. By the when they when they they try to do the even stupider Jan six by wasting their time driving to one of the most remote places in Texas, by the way, right to Eagle Pass. I will eat my words. Right. Not happening. Yeah. So. Can we do you want to get into Texas LARPers? Like, we got to. It's LARPers. Right. It's LARPers top to bottom, y'all. It's, it's LARPers all around. This is the governors have sent out their their letters of support. They're they're tweeting hashtag stand with Texas. We got goddamn wow. governors LARPing, y'all. They LARPing yeah. over here. And it's not just the governors, it's the people. So this is kind of there while we have not yet seen this put into action, we are seeing some misinformation on Twitter. You sent me a video that was actually from like twenty eighteen. 
It's one um, of those where you click on it and it's like, I know this is going to be fake, but I want to be excited until I scroll down, right? Like, yes. And the video is about like, I don't know, some people going to a barbecue or something. There, but there, it's a bunch of patriots with signs walking up one of those spiral like uh, uh, things to cross the highway. Yeah, and it is it is portrayed as these are militias coming to Eagle Pass to stand with the National Guard. So they're trying to push a, it's Alamo 2.0, baby. People from all over are coming to Texas to fight for it. We're going to have little dumb fucking Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett hats are going to come back. Like, remember when the Tea Party happened and people wore the Tri-Corner hat to show like their political affiliation? Davy Crockett hats, I'm calling it right now. That would Davy be Crockett so hats awesome. are going to be the product that people use to express support. We should buy, the- we should buy 2,000 shitty Chinese Davy Crockett hats to sell on Etsy right now. Try to popularize this on Twitter. Propagandos is now uh, moving into. <laughs> Dude, let's become fucking shysters. Let's just like fucking. This is a grifter podcast. If you have ideas about how to make money, we will send you a finder's fee. If you can figure out dumb shit to sell to fucking people that well, want to do a civil war in the United States. You remember the shirt that I wanted to make that said red state, blue laws? Oh, that's like, still so good. Red state, blue laws, Davy Crockett hats. And we just like fucking uh 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 Waco, where the people were just like hanging out outside selling like fucking hats and like oh. merch. That's us. Let's get down to Eagle Pass, man. Fuck my job. Yeah, convince my <laughs> wife to make me not have to get a job. <laughs> you don't understand, babe. I'm making merch. I gotta get the Eagle Pass. Ah, oh, man. In any case, I mean, it's 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 super. Um, where were we at? I was going to say it's super not happening. Um, yeah, it's not happening. Like, so they're trying to push this Alamo 2.0 narrative that, like, hey, if you're a brave patriot, come down to Texas and defend our uh, our country from from Mexicans with fentanyl, basically. And, um, you know, that that's the Alamo. Like, come down and defend Texas from Mexicans. Protect the right for Texas to have slavery from the Mexicans. So Alamo 2.0... And for those who don't know, that literally is what the Alamo is about. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and we're just looking for our next Santa Annie. So, Santa Ana, if you're out there, you could be the face of the opposition here. We need to put Joe Biden on uh, Santa Ana's body. Ooh, a little short Joe Biden. Make him small Man, again. I just got so many merch ideas right now. I know. Um, a very tan Biden. Bandoliers. So. so this is all part of what Alec and I have called just like Texas LARPers. And Texas is full of people who like really fantasize just bucking the federal government up to the point where we have this weird, for as long as I can remember paying attention to Texas politics, we've got like Texas secession movement. And we've had like multiple people bring it up. I believe this past time around, we had, um, there is a group, I'm blanking on the name, hang on. Which is to say that, which is to say that Texas LARPers are a, are a, a species of LARPer in the general American LARPer family, right? But things do, things do seem to be particularly virulent, right? These, these, yeah. these are pretty strong strains of LARPer guy, right, that you encounter in Texas. They're incredibly powerful uh, uh, gun guys, right? They're 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 really really. Uh, it's it's a really strong strain of gun guy that occurs, and then you add in the element of Texas's 
um, nominal independence, right, for a period, and yes. you get you get the 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 American of convenience in the Texas LARPer that uh, that asserts that he's he actually can be a different uh, he actually can be a different country if he wants to. Thank you. Yeah, and Texas. To your point, Alec, like we have a long history of like Texas independence and and and, and being proud that Texas is different than everybody else, and the the current uh, 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 movement to the Texit, T-E-X-I-T, they are actively working to, you know, get something on the ballot to have Texas secede. So the Republican Party of Texas is not okay with this. So State Representative Brian Slatton, he put a bill that would add a referendum on independence for the 2024 U.S. election ballot. And the Texas Nationalist Movement, the TNM, said that it collected enough signatures in order to... Um, get this referendum on the bill or get this referendum on the election. However, the Texas Republican party, which talked the big game, just like put the kibosh on it. They're like, no, we're not putting that on the ballot to which the Texas nationalist movement was like, all right, well now we're suing y'all. So y'all have to go through every single signature because the Texas Republican party said that like, Hey, these signatures aren't good. So now the Texas nationalist movement is suing to like, get someone to go through each signature to validate them. And the hopes that they can get on the ballot in time. I don't think it will. Now, Texas has a very interesting history of the why this has like kind of become more prevalent since the nineties. And there's two big events. Um, there's obviously the Waco standoff with the Branch Davidians, and uh that was my girlfriend is from Michigan and we watched a documentary on Waco. And she's just like, this is crazy. Like, why do people, like, she just didn't really understand it. Like, Texas saw this as the federal government came to, like, fucking kill Texas. This yeah, that those guys are, overseas. those guys are weird and they live on a ranch. But that's, that's, that kind of embodies a Texas spirit that is almost, like, universalized uh, to, to a lot of, uh, to a lot of people that live in Texas. They're weird, but there are weirdos, right? They're, yeah. By the way, Waco, right? That's just the weird Texas town where, like, all the Mormons live. You, the feds can't come in and shoot all of our weird guys. They're still ours. Yeah, and to your point about the Mormons, like, the yearning for Zion Ranch uh, that was uh, here in Texas, where there was uh, uh, an old lady who just, like, hated Mormons and said, like, they're diddling kids in this ranch. So the federal government came in and just, like, removed children from the ranch, found out it was all fake, and they returned all the kids. So that's another incident of like the federal government is overstepping. They're taking our kids away. Never mind the fact that the Branch Davidians, like there was actual like horrible shit going on and that they were diddling kids and like forcing people to have sex with uh, 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 David Koresh. Uh, David Koresh. Yeah, they were forcing people to have sex with David Koresh. And he was just like, no, that's not your wife anymore. That's my fucking wife. And also uh, sick move, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I believe in 1997, uh, yeah, in 1997, a man named Richard Lance McLaren, who founded the Republic of Texas organization and his property, which we have to revisit the pilot for this episode, for this podcast, so we can talk about, like, weird Texas ranchers with a lot of property that are, like, obsessed with preparing for a civil war and seceding, but... Richard Lance McLaren, he wrote to the federal government in 1997 to claim like $93 trillion in reparation 
for the Civil War that he believed were owed to so Texas. So sick. That fucking rules, dude. And when two members of his group were arrested, he took two hostages. Jesus Christ. And, and just, like, hold up on his property, and he led to a standoff with the Texas Department of Public Safety, and the siege ended in, like, yeah, and May, I'm reading right here, the siege ended on May 4th, 1997, uh, with McLaren giving up without violence, and... Yeah, now he's in prison. He was sentenced to like 99 years in prison. So Texas has a history of people being like, I have a big ranch. I have a bunch of guns. The government owes me $93 trillion. And I'm going to fucking shoot people and secede. I'm going to print my own currency. You know, Texas, like I have had serious conversations with my stepdad about seceding from the nation and like what that would mean and it's 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 equal parts like scary and stupid i laugh because it'll never happen but then again it might like <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's definitely one of those um uh, uh just kidding unless right and well yeah we we were talking about it how like so many things have happened in the past eight years that we were like it'll never happen trump will never be president that's like Trump will never be president again. People aren't going to storm the Capitol. Like, yeah, I mean, it, w- whenever that happens, right? You are you ha- you had a vision of something, and then the reality turned out to be different than what you imagined, right? So yeah, that throws off predictions, right? Um, <coughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Nobody I mean, my example, my example of this recently is um, uh, Putin will not invade Ukraine. It doesn't make any sense. It's only going to make his position worse. Um, it's it's going to be a, an absolute fucking quagmire, right? Everything about it is stupid and bad. And I presume that this actor is kind of, you know, um, aware of this and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, that those are things that matter to him. And it turns out that something else mattered more, which was fucking up Ukraine. Right, you yeah. you don't you don't necessarily have a good understanding of of the world um, until that understanding is tested, right? And yeah. our uh, our understanding of the world has been tested in some pretty uh, in some in some ways that have made it uh, break pretty uh, as of yeah. as of recent. I mean, we're pretty young and dumb, so I am we- very stupid. Well, we should <laughs> like start every podcast uh, with the announcement. Yeah, that, uh, I at yeah. least am very stupid. If we made a theme song, we should have it like kind of like uh, Infowars. Like you are tuning in to the Dipshit Zone, <laughs> the Dumb Motherfucker Podcast. <laughs> so, to, to to your point about Putin, though, like there is one. Per- I believe it's the leader of the Texas Nationalist Movement. He gave a speech at their annual Texit Con or whatever about like, can you vi- envision uh, a Texas nation? And one of the things he said is like, a nation with no liberals. And part of me rolled my eyes and part of me was like, uh-oh. Because I was like, so... Preach, brother. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it made me think of like, okay, so you really think that it's like all the liberals are going to leave? Do you think Texas has no liberals or are you going to genocide them? And that, that made me, like a, a leftist pogrom, uh, can you say pogrom about non-Jews? But a yeah, leftist, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, cut that out. Uh, a leftist pogrom in Texas would be uh, absolutely <laughs> devastating for me. We've talked before about, like, if a Texas Al-Qaeda or whatever started driving through my neighborhood and, like, knocking on doors asking to go through my book, I'd have to say, like, oh, no, all these Marxist texts, I'm just studying idiots, you know? Oh, yeah, if they uh, had, like, a Chud Stasi, you're fucking dead, dude. You're so fucking dead. I yeah. am totally uh, a conservative passing. You are not. <laughs> now nah, I'm wearing an A24 shirt, man. I'm fucked. Uh, but... You know, I don't, I don't, uh, this is such a cop-out, but, like, I don't think it's going to happen until it happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, which kind of gets to, step. like, which kind of gets to a, a point, you know, that I, I said we'd touch on um, earlier. It feels like everybody wants to, to, to hit this conversation. Let's just talk about the conservatives first, right? They're talking about their innate desire to reach some kind of breaking point, probably because they're not the majority, right? They're on some level aware that either the system uh, will not allow them to express politically the things that they, you know, think are going to help, you know, the things that they want, the things that they profess to desire for America. The system cannot allow to happen because, you know, either they keep stealing the election or it's corrupt, or on some level, and I think some of them do understand this, especially at a level of any level of power, which is that they're just not the majority, right? They're not representative of the broader, of the broader American polity as a whole. Um, and places like Texas that, by the way, have probably, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, probably an even stronger, um, an, an even stronger opinion that the conservative side is totally represented in Texas is totally representative of the Texas population than the broader public, right? The Texas conservatives say like, we are Texas, right? And whenever you're like, well, actually, you know, Dallas and Houston and Austin are, are incredibly liberal, right? And like growing. Um, I should say in 2012, uh, Barack Obama took Harris County by literally one vote. Okay. Um, so maybe so not. we're, we're pretty, we're pretty conservative. Even, even like Houston is a wildly entrepreneurial city, so they're very, very uh, business minded. Um, Austin has even become like a libertarian haven uh, with people moving here. So Texas is is rapidly changing. However, if you look at um, election results uh, for gubernatorial races, there is like a slow but steady move towards more leftist candidates. I think um, I'm referencing something I said about Louisiana, right? Which is that if if you just look at people's kind of broad party affiliation, um, the population of Louisiana is uh, is split like down the middle, right? It's it's both just hovering at about forty percent of people that say that they generally lean um, uh, liberal or to the Democrats, and and those that say that they generally lean to the Republicans. And control of the state, I think, in part, right? There's there's a tremendous amount of disenfranchisement in a place like Louisiana, but also. I, th- I think part of it is just the narrative that Louisiana is a Republican state and that you don't win here, right? Liberal politics doesn't win. There's not an impetus to do that. I know in Texas, it's very, very hard for um, liberals to win. Uh, but like I said, you know, our polling data about the governors are, are, are moving. And like the state is gerrymandered to hell. But I mean, the, the governor's election is a, is a national or a statewide election. So 
I, I'm I'm not quite of the belief that Texas is as purple or blue as people claim. Um, and even the Democrats who do win, like Houston just got a new mayor, John Whitmire, who is uh, not the most progressive guy in the world. <laughs> he believes that we should get rid of air conditioning in prisons. Um, he's kind of, people like to say he's like, he's a MAGA Republican. I think he's more like just a blue dog Democrat, like kind of like show me the left, the hard leftist candidate running for mayor of Houston. There isn't one. We don't even have leftists running for city council. We are a pro business city. I didn't know that was a position in Texas is that the people in Texas state prisons have it too good. God damn. That's wild. Oh Yeah. That was a, 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 a whole thing a couple years ago. And Whit, there were friends of mine who refused to vote for Whitmire because of his stance on uh, prisoners getting air conditioning or not. Um, but yeah, he, it, that, that's Texas for you. I don't know. Maybe there's just some, we're waiting for somebody to galvanize the left. Like Beto kind of did it against Ted Cruz and then he ran for president and nobody fucking wanted him anywhere. I was going to say, you're going to have to find somebody that's less radioactively cringe than Beto. I honestly, this is like several years down the road, but our judge uh, here in Harris County, Lena Hidalgo, I really hope that she runs for governor one day. Like I, I think she could run for mayor of Houston and do a pretty good job. Like, she definitely got her uh, bulwark, you know, kind of stopping her from doing stuff. But I think that she's fucking awesome. I really, really like uh, quite a bit. Which is all to say that that kind of in keeping with um, with what we said on the January 6th episode, I find it surprising that we keep coming to the same crossroads with the same people, right? Um, the, the, the kind of... Um, the MAGA Republican side or the three percenter, right? The kind of reactionary wing of of the right, uh, the the reactionary wing of the Republican Party um, wants open conflict with the federal government as a stand-in for you know everything that they hate about America, right? Um, and and they will, I think, eventually get that. What's surprising to me, what's surprising to me is that they they. Um, they still, just like January 6th, refuse to acknowledge that that's the thing that they want, right? Very few of them are kind of willing to come to terms with what something like that would look like. And despite the yeah. fact that they have, you know, mantras of, of war, right, of going to war with the federal government, none of them are serious. One, none of them are personally serious about it. Um, and and two, um, a lot of them can't can't. Um, despite that desire, a lot of them can't defeat the kind of innate liberal tendency that they have um, to insist that uh, it's in fact the the liberals that are making war on them or something like this, right? To 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 have this this insistence on the fig leaf of um, of of in January sixth, right? It's uh, of being baited by the FBI, right? We didn't want to do this. Actually, we were forced to do it because. Uh, because yeah. we were having too much fun, right? Under, very understandable from my side. Um, <laughs> we got to, we were at a bar and then we got talked into it. Yeah. But that's but that that's fundamentally kind of uh, uh, that's refusing an agency um, that I, I think any any actual political movement that wants to see their ends met is has to embrace. Yeah. I think that and will I, eventually happen, much to my horror, right? But 
Yeah, I think it's also worth pointing out that there are some people that we've seen online that are concerned that, like, hey, if you're going to go to Texas to stand with the National Guard, be wary of Fed setting us up. <laughs> they're they're preempting it even, right? They're like, yeah, uh, January 6th is going to happen again. We're going to be tricked again. <laughs> that, that trumps MO, right? Of, like, if I lose, the election is rigged. If our if our overthrow of the government doesn't happen, just know that we were tricked into it by the feds. Like, if we win, it was our plan all along. If we lose, we were tricked. This is just Daffy Duck, like, admitting that he's going to get tricked by fucking Bugs Bunny again, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's also fucking stupid. Then that's why we're laughing about it. You you said earlier, like, the morality of laughing at stuff like that. We're laughing because it's so fucking stupid. We'll be laughing up until the point that we're led to the gallows, man. Like, it's so fucking dumb. So, yeah. So, like I said, right, um, whenever somebody seriously brings a bunch of rifles to Eagle Pass, uh, I will tell you, now something dangerous is actually occurring. Yeah. Um, If anybody gets shot over this, right. I mean, if anybody that is American gets shot over (laughs) this, um, uh, you know. That's the fucking truth of it, man. Then I'll take it seriously. Um, other, otherwise, this is kind of a big joke, but it's a big joke that uh, you know does have a does have some disturbing implications for the structure at large. Which, yeah. by the way, you know nobody on the side of like the the libs, for instance, is interested in actually addressing. Right? Yeah. Nobody's going to come out and say, uh, "Why is it that all these people actually want civil war?" They're just going to say, "Please vote for Joe Biden." And uh, and and eliminate this threat for four more years, right? Yeah, which is not a solution. And I think it's worth having, um, you know, follow us on Twitter. We're now at Propagandos Pod, but maybe we could put on Twitter like instead of terror threat level, a uh, bug out bag threat level. Like, get ready. We're laughing now, but we will let you know the moment that like, hey, time to pack your shit and get ready to leave. And if you've got to leave. Don't head west. All no, don't head east because all the states to the east of Texas have pledged to like stand with Texas. Go west. New Mexico has a Democratic governor, and that'll get you out to California way. Uh, just just drive west. Don't listen get to, to Connor. Santa Drive over here. Come hang out with me. <laughs> you can get to Santa Fe. Yeah, like I ain't going anywhere. I got a job here, man. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, but if you are worried, drive. It, it'll it take you seven hours to get to Santa Fe. They got legal weed there. That's pretty big. In the so, Civil War, yeah. everybody's going to have legal weed, I hope. That's probably why we won't have a Civil War. That Everyone's would suck. Like, yeah, they're like, well, because, like... I mean, if they did American ISIS, I assume one of the things they're going to do is ban weed. Uh, but I don't know. You never know, right? You never know. Uh, that, that's one thing why I think the Civil War won't happen. It's like, we've it's it's so inconvenient. Yeah, like right. most of the people, you can't get people to a fucking, you can't get people to the fucking polls to vote. But well, I mean, gotta, I, like you can't get you can't get Republican governors to be serious about immigration reform, right? Like, um, yeah. you can't get Republican politicians to be serious about immigration reform is what I should say. Um, it's 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 one of those things I, that that is a kind of, by the way, on on the kind of tract of this um, this like uh, this growing contingent of the right that's that's really fed up and and militant about stuff like immigration i think those people do know that they've essentially been betrayed by the business part of the republican party right that yeah the chamber of commerce basically uh 
uh, uh, makes a tremendous amount of money off of illegal immigration that those people find threatening and is not going to do anything about it, right? And and they have kind of internalized that into even the kind of even to into the conspiratorial part of their thinking. Yeah. Um, Joe Strauss, he's the former speaker of the Texas House. Um, he was a pro-business Republican, and he he basically was like not reelected as Speaker of the House over the fact that uh Dan Patrick, our Lieutenant Governor, was pushing a bathroom bill. You know, to, to make sure that men go to men's rooms, women go to women's rooms, and that's that. No more thinking about it. And Joe Strauss refused to bring it to the House. He's like, this is not business related. This will hurt businesses. We're not going to fucking talk about it. And so to your point, like a business Republican betrayed the culture war wing of the Republican party. And in Texas, the culture war is kind of dominating the business wing. I mean, the more alienated people get, the more that's going to be true, right? There, I mean, that, that's ultimately what I'm talking about, right? Is if some kind of populist movement on the right or the left, to be honest, Right to be successful, it has to break through the the crust, the shell, the containment, right, the jail of um, of American business interests. Because after all, that's who fucking runs this bitch, right? Yeah. And for a moment, it almost looked like it was going to happen in Texas. Um, Alan West, who was a one-term uh, representative from Florida, who very notorious for doing a mock execution uh, overseas when he was serving, I believe, in Afghanistan. Um, and, you know, he was court-martialed and his, his troops just, like, testified against him. Um, but he he moved to Texas and just took over the Texas Republican Party. Like, he ended up becoming the chair of the Republican Party. And he, during COVID, because Greg Abbott, like, suggested a mask mandate, painted Greg Abbott as a tyrant. I'm like, what? Greg Abbott is being attacked from the right as a tyrant? This is fucking insane. Alan West is now like not, he tried to run for governor and he lost. It's actually very funny. You should look up this clip. Someone once asked him while he was running for governor, a reporter asked him, this is so fucking funny. A reporter asked him like, hey, like what qualifies you to run for governor? Like, and he was basically calling him on his shit. And Alan West was like, oh, you're going to doubt me? Let's do this. Let's have a push-up contest. And he did a push, and he started doing push-ups in the press release, and the reporter's just like, what the fuck is going on? Does this predate the Biden push-up challenge? Is he the initial push-up challenge guy? This is after the Biden push-up challenge. Damn it. This is around the same time as when Biden called that guy, like, listen here, fat. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) But yeah, look up Alan West push-up challenge. It's very, very fucking funny. How many people would like to see a member of the media do 30 push ups? I think we're just going to call this one uh, Texas LARPers and Alamo 2.0. <laughs> Alamo 2.0, Rise of the Texas LARPers. We're definitely going to, it's going to be Al, Alamo 2.0, colon, and then we'll put in, I'll put in something. Eagle pass, eagle ass. <laughs> so, so, so fucking lazy. 
uh, eat my ass at Eagle Pass. Eat my ass at Eagle Pass. 